Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friend? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here. Appreciate you hanging out with us. We've got a great episode for you today. We've got a great guest. And uh, again, do appreciate you uh, you being here. We're going we're gonna to have a lot of fun today. Before we get into today's guest, before we get into what we're going to be covering and talking about today... Let me remind you, if you haven't already, we'd love for you to stop by and check out Free Speaker Workshop sometime. Freespeakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com. There you will find a, a free training that we do teaching you all about how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So if you haven't joined us for one of those before, definitely register for that. Again, go to freespeakerworkshop.com. Now today, we're going to be talking all about hiring VAs and hiring support and building a support team and staff to help you in your speaking business. And to do that, We're going to be talking with my friend Travinia Barber. Now, Travinia runs a company called Priority VA, Priority VA as in virtual assistant. And so we're going to be chatting with her all about uh, all things related to VAs and hiring a VA. We're going to talk about how to determine if you even need a VA. We're going to talk about overcoming some mental hurdles of hiring a VA. We're going to talk about what a VA can even do to help you as a speaker. We're going to talk through how to find and keep a good VA. We're going to talk about how much you should pay, as well as the difference between U.S. versus international international VA. So a lot of really good practical nuggets in this one. I know for for many of you that you're busy, you have a lot going on. And so maybe it's time that you start thinking about bringing someone else onto your team to help you to build your speaking business, to do the things that maybe you could do, but may not be the best time uh, use of your time to be doing. And so she's going to walk through exactly what you need to be considering. I know for me, I've hired a number of people in our business and our speaking business over the years, and it has made a dramatic, dramatic difference. Because the reality is, is that you are one person and you only have 24 hours in a day that you can get stuff done and that you can move the ball forward in your speaking business. But I had a friend tell me years ago, one of the cool things about business is that although you only have 24 hours in a day, that other people have 24 hours in a day as well. And you can actually buy some of their 24 hours to contribute to yours as well. So now all of a sudden, it's not just you working toward your business, but other people are able to contribute as well. And so Trevinia lays out uh, some great ideas and systems on exactly how you can do that. So let's get right into it, my friends. Here's my conversation with uh, my friend Trevinia Barber from Priority VA. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Hey, today I'm joined by my good friend, Miss Travinia Barber, and she is the head honcho over at Priority VA. And so we're going to be talking all about VAs, also known as virtual assistants. And uh, for speakers who are going, my time is limited and I'm stretched and I need some help, Travinia is here to rescue us all and bring hope and joy to our lives. What's up, Travinia? How are you today? Hope 
enjoy. Oh, like, oh, I'm no, I mean, no pressure because you just know, recently right? moved. You're in the South now. And so you have to, that, that's the, your thing. You have to bring hope and joy. That it feels like that's what a proper Southern lady would be doing. Should I say bless your heart right now? Because... <laughs> Are you throwing in some y'alls from time to time now? I'm definitely throwing in y'alls. I've noticed that. I've and, seen that on uh, Facebook from you. And I noticed that I am talking with a little bit of like a Southern draw or whatever you yeah. call that. Yeah. And I'm talking to other people that have it. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to emulate it. It's really funny. And yeah. people look at me like, you have no idea. <laughs> You're adorable for trying. I am not on sweet tea though. I don't like sweet tea, oh, sweet and, tea and I feel like a little bit like an outsider. Oh, so you got to come around on that sweet tea. <laughs> uh, all right. So you run Priority VA. Why don't you tell us what Priority VA is? And also you've, you've worked not only from the running that st- side of it, but also you've worked as a VA for several different prominent people in the online entrepreneurial space and speakers. And so what has your career kind of looked like th- thus far? Yeah. So Priority VA is a virtual staffing company where we really aim to match high-level entrepreneurs with talented virtual support, really, so they can do what they they were created to do instead of doing all the things that you know they don't like to do or don't know how to do or don't really want to do, frankly. And I started as a virtual assistant and uh, working with some high-level clients. I had the great opportunity to work with Michael Hyatt, with Amy Porterfield, with some other high-level people. And as a result, people wanted more of my time. The entrepreneurial light bulb went off for me thinking, well, I can't do any more, but I can find someone for you that really has the character and integrity you're looking for. And, and that's really how Priority VA started. So we, we've been going strong about four and a half years now and we have a team of 83 amazing virtual assistants. Nice. That's crazy. All right. So what are like the, the type of clients that you are working with or your VAs are working with? Is it mostly, are you working with many speakers? Is it mostly online entrepreneurs or offline entrepreneurs or speakers, authors, bloggers? Yeah. What, what does that look like? You know, it's actually really cool because I say that anyone can use a virtual assistant. So we have some brick and mortar clients where they have actual physical locations selling physical products. We have digital entrepreneurs where they're selling info products digitally, speakers, coaches, physicians, pastors, all sorts of people, because really it comes down to this. If you have things that you're doing in your business that other people can be doing, then you could use virtual support. So yeah, I, I'm not picky. I'll, we'll work with anybody who uh, who really needs to offload things in their business. All right. So for many people listening, they probably haven't worked with a virtual assistant before. They've heard of it. They're familiar with it. It sounds like this you know, fictitious unicorn that's beautiful and wonderful. So how do I know if I'm even ready to bring on a virtual assistant? You know, what's so interesting, back in May, I had a pleasure of of talking at a pretty high level event where there were millionaires and even a few billionaires there. And I was talking to them about my business and they said repeatedly, like, I wish I would have pulled the trigger a year before I did when I hired an assistant. Right. And so the theme that I kept seeing was people need one before they think they need one. Right. And so Hire before you think you need one. It's just like start documenting your systems before you think you need to or grow your email list before you think you need to because the same is true with getting support, right? We all think that we we kind of need to be the martyr in our business and we all need to keep hustling a little bit harder. And some people don't do it because of finances or other people don't do it because they're control freaks and they don't want to let go or whatever it is. But if you plan to grow and get farther than you are right now, you need support and you need help doing that. So hire before you're ready. So you mentioned two things there, finances and control. Do you find that those are the two primary reasons that keep entrepreneurs from hiring someone? Yeah. 
That and people really struggle to find someone that they can trust, right? You're handing over the keys to your baby business, to something that is you're so passionate about. And so people are very mistrusting, especially in this online world. They're like, you know, I don't want to give my username and password or, you know, things like that. And so people are really reluctant to trust someone else with their business. So how do you get over that hump, especially like, especially on the control piece, on the trust piece, on the, even on the financial piece. And I totally get that, that it seems like once you do it, you start to see the ROI, but you're knowing like, okay, I'm going to get that money back via time, yeah. but it's, yeah. it can, it's just hard to like, the math sometimes doesn't feel like it makes sense or it's difficult to quantify. So how do I wrap yeah. my mind around like, okay, yes, I need to put out this money and I'm going to get a return on that. But the other challenge is just having, I don't have like that money sitting in a bank somewhere that right. I have all this money. What do I do with it? Like I'm just <laughs> I'm stretched thin already. So how does that kind of like, how do we overcome some of those things? Just those mental hurdles. Yeah. So that's a, that's a lot of stuff to unpack, but I would say as far as the control piece, at some point, if you want to grow your business, you do just have to hand over the keys. Like you've got to trust somebody. And so I say that people should be really flexing their outsourcing muscles, right? It is a learned skill. Many of us, I was just talking with a new client of ours and he's a neuroscientist. He said, I'm a neuroscientist. Like I know how to do neuroscience. Like, I don't know how to, how to delegate, or I don't know how to be a CEO. And so you have to practice that delegation muscle and an easy way to do that is to really start outsourcing little bits of your business, right? I'm not saying bring on a full-time virtual assistant right away, but outsource a project and see how that works. You, what you'll learn to do is communicate clearly because you have to, you're working virtually, right? And, it, and so you'll learn to communicate. You'll also learn to give up a little bit of control at, at a time. And then eventually you're going to be ready to have a dedicated person to come support you. So that helps with the control piece. With the finance piece, again, starting small, you know, you can even use things like Fiverr it's for five bucks. You can get something done. Yeah. It may not be the best quality, but you know, it will help you kind of start to learn how to work with outsourced talent. Another way that you can sort of beat the finance thing, especially for uh, the coaches and the speakers and those people that really have a very more specific skill set, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of virtual assistants that need what you have to offer, right? And so you can even barter. I have bartered with a personal trainer. So I've given virtual assistant services in lieu of personal training for me. I've done the same for someone that did Botox. You know, we did virtual assistant stuff so I could get Botox, right? So there are ways that you can barter services to get what you need done. It's not the best long-term strategy, but it definitely will help in getting you started. Another thing, a lot of us have Facebook groups that we're involved in. You can be posting in those groups and saying like, I need, you know, a project or I need, you know, this uh, lead page set up or whatever. Can someone help me? And there are so many people in this entrepreneurial community that are willing to help really for free. And so don't be afraid to ask. I think too many of us, we set ourselves up as martyrs in our business and we just kind of like, I have to do it all. No, you don't, but you haven't asked for help. And so you got to raise your hand. Right, right, right. So is it better to, I, th- I think sometimes like a, mi- a misconception is like, all right, so I'm interested in bringing on a VA and it feels like going from zero to, I have to hire someone full time. And one thing you've alluded to is that you don't necessarily have to do that. Maybe you just need five hours a week right now. Maybe you don't even need five hours. Maybe you need five hours a month, or I just need yep. someone to help me for a couple hours with this one individual project. Exactly. What's the best way to like dip our toe in? Would it be make, would it make yep. more sense to do like a project based thing before I'm committing to like some type of ongoing thing that I'm going to need? Yeah. To help with? Yeah. For a lot of, 
So with Priority VA, we actually do the long-term collaborative support because I just feel like relationships are at the key of any really, at anyone's success. But one of the things that I think that you can do is you can hire a virtual assistant for a short window of time. Some VAs, they'll do something where they, they'll do like a little package where you can buy just 20 hours that you use. And sometimes you can use it over three months, right? Other times, like you have to use it in a month or something like that. That's a way to dip your toe into you doing projects on Upwork or something like that would be a great way to kind of flex that entrepreneurial muscle and get used to doing that. Another thing that you could do is, is just hire someone for one specific thing that you need done. So let's just say you need your MailChimp connected to your lead pages. And that's really all you've got to do, right? But you don't know how to do it. You don't have time. So that would be a great way to do it. But oftentimes people are like, I don't even know what to outsource. Like I I have so much stuff, right? And so I have a little framework that I like to teach people to do. And it's very much like if you're keeping a a nutrition diary, if you're trying to lose weight or something like that. So it's kind of a pain to do. Uh, But if you do it, it will become so clear to you exactly where you need support and the who. So it tells you the what and the who right away. So do this, make a piece of paper, like stick it on your desk or whatever, and just put four columns. And in those columns throughout your day or throughout your week, you're going to just write down the stuff that you don't know how to do. So this is the stuff that you're, you're Googling, you're YouTubing, you're trying to like figure it out, write down that stuff the stuff that you don't want to do. So this is stuff like for me, it's finances. Like I would Mm. rather gouge my eyes out than do anything with finance, right? right? I know how to do it, but I I don't want to. And then the stuff that really, you actually might enjoy doing, but it always gets put on the back burner. So for me, it's engaging in social media, right? Like I know how to do it. I actually like doing it, but I'm always like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that later. Those types of things. And then the final column is really the stuff that only you can do. So for you, Grant, only you can like flip the mic on and start this podcast, right? But your VA, they can do all the pre-work. They can send out the links. They can schedule. They can get questions in advance. Like they can do all that stuff. You don't have to be doing it. So once you do that for like a week, you start to see themes of like, oh, it's the super techie stuff that I just... I can't do, or, you know, for social media or whatever, it's creating content that I know how to do it, but I always put it on the back burner. And you'll start to see these themes of the type of work that you need outsourced and you'll start to see who, so it's a content creator or it's a, you know, it's a digital coder or something like that. So that's a great, easy way to find out how to, how to outsource. I like that. All right. So those four columns, again, I don't know how to do it. Second column is I don't like to do it. Third one is I enjoy it, but I don't have time to do it. Basically, fourth one is the things that only Only I can do. do. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And if if you're doing things that only you can do that you hate to do, then you're in the wrong job, right? Like you've created the wrong career. Yeah. So the stuff that only you can do should be the stuff that fills you up. Right, right. But so it seems like I'm glad you brought this up because there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are, I feel like I'm drowning and I feel like there's fires everywhere and I just don't even know where to begin. And so it sounds like part of what you're trying to do here is basically take a step back and almost just do some triage and just kind of look at the landscape of, I know my time's really, it's going a lot of different places, but I don't even know where it's going. And it's the same thing is true. I've used this analogy when, if someone's making a budget, like we live and die by a budget on our, our personal finances, our business finances. And so before you make a budget, like just track where every dime is going. And I promise you that where you think your money's going and where your money's actually going are two totally different things. And the same thing is true with your time. Like I feel like I'm spending a ton of time on this. And in reality, when I look at it and I really track it, I'm spending a ton more time on this, which would be so much simpler to outsource or have someone else handle. 
Exactly. And another thing that people can do, and it's a, it's a simple tool that you can put on your computer. It's called rescue time and it will track what you're doing and it will send you a report. And so it's kind of embarrassing to say this, but what I realized is that, well, it was, thanks. It was one of those things where I liked doing it and I didn't, I felt like I didn't have time to do it, Uh but spending time on social media, right? When I started to really look at how much time I was spending on social media, I was like, oh my gosh. So I fixed that by doing two things. My virtual assistant, Kim, she posts all of my social media content for me. So she's on there. So I don't get sucked in, right? To like, what? oh, and I should comment on that. Oh, that's a funny video. Like gifts are my new, like, worst enemy, right? Because all the gifts are so funny. So rescue time helped identify areas of weakness really for me. And so then I was able to put things in place, like block the newsfeed, a a Chrome extension so that if I go to Facebook, it blocks my newsfeed and I just post what I need to or comment on the thing I need to comment on and be gone. Um, So you can use tools like that to figure out too, where you're really spending your time because none of us are really that honest. Right. Right. It reminds me, um, I just heard this the other day from someone, I think it was from James Clear, and he said one of the things he's been doing with social media is that he has his assistant change his password like once a week or something. And it's almost like once he gets his work done, then she'll give him the password back. But until he gets his work done, he he can't have the password. And it's like, it feels super childish and it feels super like immature and silly. But creating those boundaries really does help create focus and it creates uh, a lot more attention on a certain project or task. Absolutely. All right. So I love them. So it is so good. So whenever you, all right, so you're narrowing down, you're figuring out what you need where do you go from there? So, I mean, you guys, obviously you have VAs or there's Upwork, there's Fiverr, there's plenty of different services. I, there's Craigslist, yeah, there's so I'll off network. So like, where do, you, yeah, where do you even know where to begin? Best place is to ask for referrals, right? Who are people that you trust and that you believe they're doing great things in their business, right? Like who are they using? So that's the best referrals, hands down. After that, you can, you know, post on your social networks and ask in Facebook groups that you, you know, like and trust those types of people. Other than that, I'll rattle off a list for you of places that you can find people. So my company, obviously, I never used to say it, but yes, Priority VA, of course, we are a great option for long-term support. Which I would highly recommend. I wouldn't, listen, I wouldn't be having you on if I didn't. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to bring people on that I don't believe in and support and know that they are good people. So we've well, talked okay. multiple times. We've met in person. I can vouch for Trevini. I can vouch for Priority VA. Uh, We do some work with them. And so I can, I'll put my stamp of approval there. Well, I appreciate that. But you can also use places like Upwork, Fiverr. Fancy Hands is great for just, you know, if you need little tasks done, Fancy Hands is good for that. Virtual is another one. There is HireMyMom.com. You can post a job position on there. Um, Indeed, you can use as well. You can use a company called Leverage, a company called Belay. I mean, there are there are hundreds of companies out there that you can find. Or you can even go crazy and post on Craigslist if you want to. The challenge with that is you're going to get a ton of stuff and then you have to weed through those things. So yeah. if you're going to go that route. I would be very specific about what you're looking for. And then I would have a disqualifier, something in there that if they don't, you know, say hi, Bob um, in there, let them know what you want them to do. And if they don't do it, just disqualify because you'll get hundreds of people and it's just too much to go through. But lots of places to choose from. I would start with those closest to you and get a referral first, though. 
All right. Let's say that I'm looking for even someone that's like a, just a project, like a one-off thing. Cause it feels like there's different levels of whether I just need someone, I just need, this is going to be a two hour project and then we're done versus yeah. this is going to be an ongoing 20 hour a week commitment. Yeah. It feels like there's then different levels of what needs to be done, you know, in terms of creating a job description or really doing a, an interview process. Yeah. So how do you kind of gauge how much is necessary on that side of it to make sure that you've done your homework before you, you bring someone on? Yeah. Well, I would, I would say that my preference is to probably go the longer route. And this is likely not the easiest solution for people, but I always say you have to hire and fire to values. And that's whether I'm subcontracting out something for a quick little project or a long-term support person. And so my values are always listed. I will always have some sort of test for them to do mm-hmm. because I, I just need to know it's just part of my personality. And, and we have a, a seven-stage process that we do for our longer-term people, but I would call it the gauntlet. But I have a little mini gauntlet for anyone that I'm going to hire, whether it's someone that is going to you know, do Facebook ads for me or anything else. So figure out what those values are, those non-negotiables for you. And so for some people, the non-negotiables, like they need someone in a US time zone, right? Because they just don't want to have to deal with the always kind of the 12 hour delay of, of getting feedback and things like that. So figure out what those are for yourself and then figure out really what the outcome you want to be. And so I often tell people that they're always outsourcing tasks, I'm like, gosh, guys, you're wasting so much time. Outsource outcomes, like outsource an entire thing, not just a piece of it, because there are people that can do the entire project for you, but you're just so worried about like the lead page. But why don't you have someone set up your whole funnel, right? So that they're doing the whole project. So again, you have to practice, but outsourcing outcomes. And once you find someone you can trust, you can go back to them again and again, right? And and that's kind of your go-to freelancer. Freelancer.com is also another place to find people as well. So, I love that outsource outcomes, not task. Yeah. I think that's, that's really, really solid. Because I think that's true. I know for me personally, I'm guilty of oftentimes I default to task. Here's the things that I, that need, I know I recognize need to happen in the business. I can't be the one or I don't need to be the one doing them. So I'm outsourcing tasks when outsourcing outcomes. I, I like that. All right. So what, from like a speaker perspective, you mentioned several different yeah. things like a VA could do. So what would be yeah. some things maybe that even just gets my wheels spinning on, let's say I've made the list, but there's also some things I'm, you know, or the four column list. There's also some things I'm not thinking of that, you know, wow, a VA could really help me with this. What would be some common things that a VA could do yeah. for, especially for speakers that could take a, a load off? I can step back to like my VA days and think of the things that I used to do. And this will vary depending on the personality of the virtual assistant. I'll talk to anybody. I'm super outgoing, right? So I would be, I would do cold calls to find, find speaking gigs for them. I would be emailing for some PR appearances. I would put together speaker packets. I would work on contracts and I would actually handle the contract negotiations between the venue, things like that. I would arrange for transportation and flights and I would do all that whole gamut from finding the speaking gig, booking it, and then the appearance. Sometimes I would actually even travel to the speaking gig with the client and sort of serve as their their kind of concierge and, yeah, and hustle them to where they need to go and stuff. So I would I would do those things as well. Also, <laughs> I, I used to go through my client's slides because she was like notorious for like having typos and stuff in there because she would just be going super fast and she would just review all my slides, make sure everything's good. So I would do things like that. I would put together yeah. slides sometimes for other people um, that they're going to use in their presentation. Sourcing images it takes forever, right? Like you want to yeah. use good images in your presentations or whatever, but you know, it takes a long time. So things like that as well. Right. 
Cool. I like that. I know for me, when, especially when I was doing a lot of, of engagements, uh, had someone on our team who would help with basically all the logistics. So uh, once when leads would come in, she would kind of pre-qualify them. Then I would talk yep. with them. And basically once it was booked, I would turn it over to her and she created a whole document that we actually give to our, our booked and paid to speak students, but just walks through of, I would say, awesome. I'm super excited to work with this particular client and event. I'd copy her on it. And then she would take it from there. So for the next, you know, six months leading up to the event, she would handle, she'd handle everything. So the contract, the invoicing, making sure we got paid, making sure flights were booked, car rental, hotel, all like the logistics details, any interaction with the client. And it was great. Cause again, you had that system in place. And once the event was booked, pass the baton to her. And I just didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to worry about it because there was so many moving pieces that I knew she would take care of. Well, and not only that, it takes the, the things off of your plate, but I think probably the more, the better benefit to you as a speaker is that also up levels your perception, right? That you're like, my assistant is going to handle this. Right. And because if you're like, you know, Bob, the speaker and you're having to do everything, but you're also, you know, you want them to pay you three grand to come speak or whatever. It just it kind of feels a little weird, right. For sure. you to be handling all the logistics of the event as well. So it kind of up levels your presence as well. If you've got that. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is it's, I noticed it really frees me up mentally that I didn't have to think about it. I remember several years ago, Early on, it's just kind of getting started as a speaker, and I, I met a guy online. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to be speaking in your in your city soon." So I was like, oh, "I'd love to meet up with you." So I go meet up with him. We go have lunch like right before he goes to speak, and he's like, "Hey, like we're at lunch. He's getting ready to go speak, and he's like, "Hey, do you know of any good hotels around here?" Like he hadn't booked his hotel for like that night, you know, just like little things like that, where you're just like, how does that fall through the cracks, you know, but you do that one event multiplied by 30, 40, 50 events that you're doing a year. And they all have different moving pieces and they're all at various stages. And it's just really, really hard to juggle that. So I knew for me, once I passed that baton on, I didn't think about it again. The event was, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months away. And it just wasn't on my radar. I just knew that she, if something came up, she'd let me know. But for the most part, she took care of it. And it just mentally created so much more bandwidth that makes a massive, massive difference. I love that. I love that. And, and one thing I think that sometimes people fail to realize is that while details may not be your thing, right? Typically, people that become a virtual assistant, details are their thing. And they actually find joy yeah. in managing and juggling all those things, right? Where it might be nails on a chalkboard to you. Right. It's something that they actually really like doing. So let them let them right. help you with that. Well, and one other thing I'd, I'd mentioned, uh, going back to like the financial piece, is one thing that I did with her that made a big difference was... Uh, I was paying her on a per project basis, basically on per and in the form of a per speaking engagement. So basically it was just a flat rate per gig because each gig we did, there was this, you had the checklist and there are certain items that needed to get done. And so whether, regardless of what I was paid or how many times I was speaking, we still had this exact same checklist. And so it helped a ton on cash flow, knowing that you, you get paid when I get paid. And so if the deposit takes forever to get, I don't have anything to turn around and give you, right? But when the deposit comes and when the final check comes, then I'm turning around and, and paying you for it. So it definitely helped offload some of the financial pressure of just like, oh man, I'm making this commitment. And I don't know, like, you know, December's dead. How am I going to pay her in December, right? Well, if December's dead and I don't have any speaking engagements, then I don't have any, you know, there's no work for her to do and I don't have anything to pay her. Whereas in another month, if I'm slammed, she's slammed and she would be compensated accordingly. So I found for me, like in that one particular case, that worked really well to alleviate some of that financial pressure for sure. Well, and I'm wondering 
parent too, if that then puts the, not pressure, but that incentivizes her. If December is dead, it's like, Ooh, I need to find a speaking engagement for December. You know, like, I wonder if that motivated her as well to do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I I mean, I always like that whoever's on your team, whatever it is that they're doing, that they have some level of ownership so that when, when the business makes bank, that they have a great month. And when the business is suffering, that they feel it. You know, I don't want them to be destitute, but I want them to feel this and not like, well, I, you know, I breathe and therefore I get a check. You know, like you, you feel it when, when it's a, a slow month or a tight month or anything like that. All right. So we've talked through, you know, exactly what they could do, where to find them. Now, like, let's talk through like financially, like how much should I pay them? And I guess one factor in that, that I'd love your two cents on is the pros and cons of a domestic, you know, US-based assistant VA for where most people are listening is in the US versus a lot of people use VAs in the Philippines or other countries where they may be able to pay, you know, a fraction of what they would pay someone in the US. So what are the pros and cons there? And then, you know, depending on that, what should we be anticipating paying for someone? All right. So I can first start off by saying the range is insane. It really is. And it's frustrating for even a business owner like me, because you're like, really? Like I can pay $10 an hour or I can pay $80 an hour. And it's, it's crazy. So you got to know that going into it. There are offshore virtual support companies. Virtual Staff Finder is a great one. If you're looking for a Filipino virtual support and you can pay, you know, you can be paying VAs four bucks an hour, six bucks an hour, eight bucks an hour. And where it really works, I actually just told a client the other day that that he didn't need me. At our rates, he needed somebody else at a cheaper rate because what he had was really a list that he wanted everyone to go through in a very canned email. No personalization at all. It needs to go to thousands of people. But he wanted it to, to be sent out over periods of time. And I was like, oh, that is a rote task that anyone can do. Let's not pay 20 bucks an hour to get that done. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So let's you know have somebody else do that. Where you need maybe a more domestic or US-based virtual assistant is if you have somebody who you want that to be a personalized message, right? If I'm going to be emailing so-and-so for a speaking gig and I want to talk about what they've been doing lately or, you know, the next conference that they have coming up and I really need subjectivity to be interjected into that email, then that's when you really need somebody to, to be understanding your culture, understanding, you know, time zone is going to matter. All of those things end up mattering. But if you've got tasks that are super technical, like let's say you need a developer to help you with your website or whatever, You can use a website like online.ph and you can find offshore developers and coders and all that jazz for fairly inexpensive there. So it really depends on what the task is that you need done and the level of communication you want to have with the virtual assistant. And really, if that grasp of the English language is is important to you, whenever they're forward facing, client facing for you, I have heard and tend to see myself that that's when you really do need somebody who's going to get you and your business a little bit more than maybe an offshore person would be able to, unfortunately, but they're very inexpensive and they're great at doing repetitive tasks that you are able to give them very clear direction on. Yeah. And I'll give you a quick, great, great example. I know for us in our business, most people that we're working with today, most people, like key people on the team are U.S. domestic base. But one particular guy is in the Philippines and he does the audio production piece of the podcast on a weekly basis. He has done that for 
We had a previous podcast that had about 140 some episodes, and this one's up to 104. I don't know, but we're up so combined 250, 262, I don't know, something, a couple hundred podcast episodes. He has done the audio side of it for every single episode. I've never met him. I don't even know. I think we've like talked on Skype or anything like that. It's the same task basically on a weekly basis. We give him the files. He makes it pretty. He knows you know what needs to come together. He does some minor editing, and it's good. And he sends the file back to us and sends us an invoice. And so it's very, like you said, it's very task based and it's very repetitive. But in that situation, it works really, really well. And he does. He's great at it. He does a great job at that. And so I've I've worked with you know Filipino VAs and and people in, in India and Pakistan and various countries on various projects and domestic base. I think a lot of it can be a bit of trial and error because it can be very hit and miss. US-based VAs can be hit and miss. You can find some people that are amazing and some people are like, what the heck? I thought you were going to be amazing and flaked out or whatever. You know, So it can be, it is a bit of, of trial and error there. But I, I think you're right, going back to something you said earlier, that this is hiring, finding, and delegating is a skill and it takes time to develop. So, so it seems like give yourself some credit too and don't assume that you're going to nail it on the first time that it's going to be, I found this, you know, this perfect person and it's going to, we're going to be together forever. Like it typically doesn't work like that. And I was going to say too, is that if it goes bad, I've had so many people come to me and say, oh, I've tried the VA thing before. No, yeah. it didn't work out. I'm like, oh man, you know, cause it gives our whole industry a bad name. And, and yeah. so it's unfortunate. And there are bad apples in every single bunch. I've had people on my team, I thought were amazing and they turn out being flaky, you know? Yeah. So it does, it definitely happens, but there are more good ones out there that really just have a heart to serve and they want to help. They want to be compensated for their, their job, but they just want to help you. That's, that's where they get their fulfillment from. So if you've had a bad experience, don't give up, like try again. Like don't just think, nope, I need an in-person, you know, employee. Not likely. You just got to keep trying. All right. So let's say that I found someone good and I want to keep them around because the reality is, is like they're, it's, it's a hot commodity. And I don't, I hate to use the word commodity, but um, no, it's it's a, I mean, just, it's finding a really strong person in any type of role is hard to do. So when you find them, you want to retain them and keep them as long as possible. So what are things from your perspective that, that speakers and entrepreneurs and business owners can do to build that relationship and keep that person engaged so they don't just feel like a cog in a wheel and we're not just, you know, part of this big machine and system. And, but I feel some level of ownership and I feel like this, you know, this person actually genuinely cares about me and the work that we're doing really matters. How, How do we instill that? Yeah, I actually created an entire program to address this issue because we call it the E3 Collective in in Priority VA because we really feel that there are three very key areas that entrepreneurs need to be able to provide for their virtual assistant. Even if they're a contractor, this doesn't necessarily always uh, mean they have to be an employee but they need to encourage their virtual assistant. Mm. I did a survey of all of my VAs and it was like 93% of those that responded said that their their love language, if you're familiar with the Gary Chapman book, mm-hmm. but the five love languages, but their love language was words of affirmation. And so that Starbucks gift card that you like kick over to your VA every once in a while doesn't really mean as much as the words that you put on the thank you card, right? So words of affirmation were really important. So you've got to figure out how your VA finds encouragement and then do that. Honestly, I put it on my calendar, like send a note to my virtual assistant. And, and I just, I put it on there. And then I think back of like the past couple of weeks, what she's done for me. And I send her a little note. So those types of things are really important. If it's gifts or whatever, then yeah, like, you know, you can, there's so many things. There's apps like Giftable right now. You can just like click on it, pick the gift, pay for it. And it sends them an email. They have to put in their address. Like it's so easy now to encourage our teams. So definitely do that. 
And then you have to equip them. And so for some of them, that might mean figuring out what they want to learn and helping them do that. Maybe that means paying for them to go to an event with you, right? Equip them to serve you better. So if you have a speaking gig, pay for them to come out with you so that they can see all the logistics of how it actually works so that when they're planning one for you next time, they know, oh, I remember when we were in the green room, really, and there was no water back there. I need to make sure there's water back there now, right? Like, you know, equip them to serve you. And then the final piece is really, empower them. And for a lot of us, you guys, it means you have to back off. You have to stop being a helicopter CEO and like hovering over them and making sure, you know, following up behind them to make sure they're doing everything right. Let them do the job that they were created to do. So you can do the one you were created to do. So that's the three ways that we really find that we build long-term lasting relationships between our clients and our VAs. I dig it. Empower, encourage, and equip. Yep. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. So let's wrap up with this. So someone's listening and going like, all right, I know I need a VA, but it's just a big, it's a big mental leap, you know? So talk us off the ledge or on the ledge or get us to take the leap on why we need a VA and and help us get started. So everybody needs a VA. Cameron Harold, a brilliant guy. He said something one time and I was like, I'm stealing that. And I got permission from him, but he said, he was talking to a group of COOs and he said, if you do not have an executive assistant, you are one. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so true. Because so much of the time as we're trying to build our businesses, we are kind of doing everything. And I think we have to pay our time and we've got to just, I mean, there's time you got to put in to do it all before you're generating revenue and stuff. But I feel like the biggest thing for you to look at as you're growing and scaling your speaking business or any any other entrepreneurs is like, how fast could you go to scale or to grow your business if you had offloaded just pick three things that you want to offload off your calendar. And so it will help you kind of create this picture of where you want to be a year from now and the team you want to have a year from now and the type of revenue you want to be bringing in a year from now. And then take a look at it and say, can I do that all by myself? Yeah. And if you can, awesome. Don't hire a VA, right? But if you can't get to where you want to be a year from now without support, then it's time. And again, like start small, flex your outsourcing muscle, offload a few little things and, and start to see what it's like to delegate and work with someone else who really their whole desire is to help you. And so you just kind of do it and, and take that leap because once you look at hiring a virtual assistant, as an investment instead of an expense, mm-hmm. you automatically start to see the ROI on what your time is worth and what theirs is worth as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Very well said. Well, Ms. Trevini, if we want to find you or learn more about Priority VA, where can we go? Yeah, we can go to PriorityVA.com where you can follow me. I got really lucky everywhere at Trevinia. Awesome. Just Trevinia? Yeah. Are there many other Trevinias in the world? There are actually. Really? Yeah. Huh. Very weird. All right. <laughs> I had a gal one time tell me that she was Googling her and she kept finding me. So she thought we should meet. <laughs> Just, there's a so. few Grant Baldwin's in the world. I had to buy grantbaldwin.com from another guy years ago. So I'm, I'm glad he made that sale. I got Trevinia.com. Trevinia, one word. Yeah. There's not a lot of one word domains in the world. That's I pretty, know. That's pretty I'm legit. so lucky. That's cool. <laughs> if right, you direct to Priority VA. <laughs> Trevinia, thanks for the time. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Take care, Grant.
All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Miss Travinia Barber. Again, you can feel free to check out Priority VA and everything that they have going on. If you're looking for help in your business, I would definitely recommend that you check them out. There's plenty of great services, and Travinia mentioned several of them, but uh, Priority VA is definitely a, a top-notch one. If you're looking for some help and support, then uh, it'd be worth to uh, worth your time and investment to, to check out. All right, my friends. Hey, let me remind you again, if you haven't already, definitely stop by. Check out freespeakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com, and we'd love for you to join us for one of our upcoming free training where we will teach you all about how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So make sure you check that out. All right. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 148. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.